Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now it's time for Extra Points. Your host, Bill Jones. Hi, guys. Welcome in. Welcome to another week of Extra Point with Phil Jones, etc. I think that's going to be the new name of the show. Phil Jones with you, of course. And uh, if you've missed the last couple of weeks, or even if you haven't, uh, we've made some changes to the show. I really, I think we can say uh, we've made some additions. To the show. As like always, we've... What's I said I like that. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As always, we've got uh, the guy I call Mr. Producer, uh, Jacoby Williams, who has become a uh, more of a, a big part of the show. I've always asked him questions before. You guys may have noticed that. But now he can actually respond to me. So, Jacoby, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Phil. How you doing today? Good, man. Good. As always, he'll be on the call today with me and... The gentleman to my right, your left, is none other than Flint Dykes, who is uh, with us today. Flint, how you doing, brother? Uh, doing great, Phil. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. I'm glad both you guys are here. I'm glad you guys are here. So without further ado, let's get right to it. want to thank our friends at Pepsi-Cola, our sponsor of the show. They've been with us now the last couple of years, and we are very thankful for their support of the show, as well as stocking us up with all the Pepsi and water that we can drink. And, of course, as I like to do, as is custom to the show, I like to start off the show by popping open, by popping open an <laughs> ice-cold can of said product, Pepsi. And uh, you guys, feel free to join me in a hey. sip. Flint, Mr. Health is uh, going to get some water. Water. <laughs> water. Ah, man, that's good. Very good. All right. Can't start the show without a, a cold swig of uh, Pepsi to wet the palate and get us started <laughs> for an hour and a half of conversation that uh, only we can bring here on the show. Hey, if you love high school football and you're thinking, my goodness, it's February. How are we going to talk high school football? Who's going to be talking high school football in February? Well, we are here on the show, Extra Point with Phil Jones and – also here at ITG Next, we are all high school football, high school sports, 24-7, 365. And, of course, the show comes to you live every Monday for an hour and a half. I am glad also to announce that our buddy Sly, Coach Sly, the longtime former athletic director at Milton, is going to be joining us at 6 o'clock. And there's a lot going on with Milton 
and some of the schools up there in the metro area. So you don't want to miss Sly, Coach Sly, again, athletic director at Milton High School, going to be joining us at 6 o'clock after a couple of weeks of not being with us on the show. So we're looking forward to Coach Sly joining us, the three of us. We'll have four uh, conversationalists coming at you at uh, 6 o'clock. In the meantime, want to hear from you guys what you're talking about. I can tell you the things we're going to be talking about today. So I don't know how accurate or how official the list is, but I've been given from several people a list that supposedly contains the seven finalists who are seriously being considered for the Tiff County head coaching, uh, head football coaching position. Uh, as you guys know, the, the coaching slot at Tift has been open now for a while since Noel Dean, the previous coach for the last three years at Tift County, had announced that he was not going to renew his contract. He elected to bow out and go back home to Michigan. By the way, he's already picked, uh, been hired by the Chelsea Bulldogs. Now, I know nothing about them, where they're at, but wherever they are at, he is the new head coach there, so we wish Coach Dean the best of luck. But – that now opens up this job that has probably been the most talked about right. job, you know, guys in the state. And part of the reason, well, the biggest reason for that is, is that it's been taking them such a long time to try to figure out what direction they're going to go in. And at least now we have some names and what we think are some viable candidates that they're going to be choosing from. Um, and, you know, we'll run down the, uh, the list real quick. And, guys, we will get down – to y'all's um, uh, messages, and by, by the way, we want to hear y'all's comments on this, if you would. But let's talk about these names. The names that we have, and I'm going to bring Jacoby and Flynn in here to talk about these names. The final seven that I've been given as candidates for the Tiff County head coaching job are Casey Soliday, coach at Irwin County, Travis Ellington, former uh, Tiff County player, Mike West, a longtime assistant, former assistant at Tiff County, Kurt Williams, who is Lanier County's coach. Sumner Ellis, who I believe – I know he's Andy Ellis's son. He played for Tiff County as well. Andy Ellis, long time um, – what would you call him? Rehabilitation uh, – physical therapist for Tiff County's football team. Israel Troop, who was a longtime uh, supporter of Tiff, played for Tiff, played for University of Georgia. And the other name I have – is Tommy Watson, who coached at Lowndes, and I think he's at Harris County now. But those are the names that we've been given, you know, again, unofficial. So do not – we're not saying that this is the official list, again, but it, these are the names that are being bantered afford, back and forth on social media. Tell us what you think about these names, if you hear of any other names that are being thrown out there. Um, what I have heard is that they're supposed to be coming to a decision – on uh, a new coach in the next few days, maybe by the end of this week. I don't know. Guys, again, I just want to repeat. This is a lot of hearsay. This I don't have this on any uh, official grounds at all, okay? So, just want to mention that, and we are talking about it like everybody else out there on social media is talking about it, okay? Yeah, right. Now, I'll go with Jacoby and Trent. Uh, I'm sorry, Flint, and I called you Clint and Trent already. <laughs> yeah, three different today. names today, Phil. <laughs> I'll take it now. So, uh, Bill, let me get you. Uh, <laughs> so, Flint, uh, you and Jacoby, what do you guys think about this list and uh, talk about the Tiff County job? Well, I think everybody knows where I stand. Um, I really want Israel to get in there. Young guy, played at Tiff, played at Georgia. I think people respect him. I think the kids can look up to him. 
I am Team Israel all the day, all the way. I want to see this happen. Uh, the other, the other people are definitely valuable. I think they'll be good, um, but no one's going to get him fired up like Israel. I don't think he's a young guy, been in the communities, played at Georgia, just a Georgia guy all around. I think he will get in there and bring some excitement to this program. I think it will get other people excited. Um, so I'm Team Israel all the way on this. Okay. Jacoby, you have a preference? you have anybody there on the list that jumps oh, out at you? So looking at the list, I did some research uh, after we had our meeting. A lot of these guys have played at Tift or have been at Tift. So I'm thinking that there's a connection go, there with several of them. Yes. Yes. Great. So that connection there, I feel like that's telling of what they want to do. They want somebody who knows the area, who knows the <laughs> culture. And like Flint has said, Israel Troop is that guy. So I, I'm going to roll with Flint here and think that Israel Troop may get a chance to really become that guy and be that head coach. And he's been waiting for his opportunity. You know what I mean? He's been waiting for this, and what a better way to start your career as a head coach at the you know team you played for. Yeah. I think this has just been a long time coming. He deserves it. Um, yeah, I want to see that happen. So uh, Tommy Watson, and again, if – he is a viable candidate for the job uh, there at uh, from Harris County. He was a fun, a lot of people remember Tommy Watson from his days at Lowndes. He was a right. longtime coach at Lowndes High School. Uh, he's been now at Harris County, I believe, the last couple of years. Harris County over in the western part of the state. They built a, uh, a, a an indoor practice facility over there, uh, and but because of their location, okay, I think. In a lot of ways, if you're in the western part of the state or the eastern part of the state, we don't hear a lot from either side as far as their football programs go. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it. The state and the state of high school football, looking at it both figuratively and geographically, is really, as we all know, north and south. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much a vertical line when you're talking high school football. Now, there are great programs on either side of us, but just saying that a lot of these programs on either side, east or west, don't get a lot of the same publicity that a lot of the teams, say, on the I-75 quarter right. tend to get. Okay? So, that being said, I like Tommy Watson. heard a lot of great things about him. And, again, a lot of that simply stems from um, his days at Lowndes and a lot of the people I know that are affiliated with the Lowndes High Vikings. Right, right. Okay. But uh, as far as I know, the list looks uh, – it, it's a powerful list. I mean, there are no what I'd call bad candidates – on that list. Now, again, guys, I do want to reiterate, some coaches may say, hey, man, I, I'm not up for the TIF candidate. This is just what's floating yeah, around out there. Strictly and we, yeah, That's right. So, well, we, we thought we would pull it down, talk about it, and, uh, again, by no means are we saying that this is any kind of official list. One time we did that, and a coach kind of got angry with us. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, anyway. This is not that. But it's, this is not that. Hey, that, that is, yeah, <laughs> th there was a that. graphic that was ran on that, <laughs> built around that. And we're not doing that. This is very unofficial. However, I have heard it from several sources. So this is all I got. Hey, and however, it's February, Phil. Let's get a decision made, Tiff County. Yeah. I mean, well, let's, hey, the kids want to know. We want to know. Let's, uh, let's and, get this ball And that's on. the key. Okay, that's the key. This thing now is really starting to get yeah, into, yeah. I'm not going to say dangerous territory, but it's getting, <laughs> it's getting crucial. It is, it is. It is. And just not only that, hey, you, the kids need to be prepared, you know. I mean, let's make a decision and let's show that you can make a decision. No doubt. Yeah. Jacoby, you want to add something? With the time that just keeps going by every waking minute, I know last week um, someone, I believe it was Jose, no, Jose Badia. It wasn't with Jose Badia. But I remember last week someone had came on and told us that a decision <coughs> will be made either the 6th or the 8th. That is right. Um, I hey. know they said they have a uh, meeting 
this week, a board meeting this week. So <laughs> hopefully we get a decision this week. It needs to be this week, but we'll see. Right. Absolutely, we'll see. Some other things we're going to talk about, um, and, and this really just kind of sprung up as we were sitting around getting ready for the show and doing a little bit of a pre-show just talk, and that is seven on sevens and how much that has grown over the, the years. Guys, I'll take you all the way back to the, to the beginning. Rush Probst is largely credited with being the forefather the coach credited with starting up what we know as seven-on-sevens. And that was when he was at Hoover High School. Yep. And really was one of the first people that came out with spread them out, running fun, running gun, five wideouts, empty backfield. Not that that was new, but a lot of that was not that prevalent in the high school level. Mm-hmm. So Rush Probst really brought it out, spread offense, and the running or the uh, the, the seven on seven. So he is largely credited with running and coming up with the seven on sevens. And of course, it has done nothing but grow uh, over the years. And you were making a uh, making a point about Cam Newton talking about uh, his yeah. seven on seven, and he made some pretty interesting comments he about did. his opinion on who he thought was a top quarterback in the state. Why don't you share that with yeah, us? Yeah, he is. He's talking about Milton's quarterback, Luke Nickel. Yep. He actually, and this is quoted, there ain't a quarterback in the country that's better than him. Wow. Coming right from Cam Newton, coming from a 7-on-7 tournament. So this shows you the ex- amount of exposure that 7-on-7s brings to the community of football. I mean, I think it's a huge part for Milton. That speaks volumes. That's awesome to hear Cam Newton say that about your quarterback. So that's got to bring some confidence to the team, to the school. I mean, that's really, really cool to me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Go ahead, Jacoby. Um, the tournament was in Florida, crazy enough. Yeah. So they had won a huge tournament, and it Luke played a very good tournament. So, like you said, like it helps to the exposure of these players, um, especially quarterbacks, receivers, DBs, even some linebackers. Like it helps see, like, can these guys cover? Granted, it's not – it's not padded football. It's, it's not, not padded. that Friday night football. I get that. But seven-on-seven seven does <laughs> help get these athletes some extra time on the field and show, like, give them that time to hone in on their craft. Yeah. All right, let's go to some of the comments, guys, that are coming in. As always, a big part of the show, big part of what we do is uh, the credit is given to you guys, the uh, viewers, and, of course, what it is you want to talk about. So we got Luke Nelson, ironically talking about his surname, Luke Nickel. Luke Nelson says Luke is the best quarterback and coached by the best coach, and I'm a Buford dad. Luke, wow, that that says a lot, brother, coming from you. And of course, we're going to talk about your Buford Wolves today. How about Buford and Milton going to be facing off against each other? It's going to be awesome, man. That is going to be awesome, absolutely. Griffin Martin says Israel Troop is the best guy for the kids and community. Cole Moore says the eight. Well, now, the problem is there's only seven names on the list. Yeah. What I is, think he was talking about the uh, date for the meeting. Oh, the okay. Meeting. I got yeah, you. Meeting. <laughs> the board meeting. The board meeting. I got you. I got you. All right. I, I thought he was talking about the eighth choice. Yes. No, no. <laughs> Michael Lotta is checking in. Uh, Michael, you are a fan of – got to help me out here. Refresh my memory. Is it the Gainesville Red Elephants? I believe I'm right. Uh, Jose Badia, who sent me a great-looking Thomas County Central State Champion sweatshirt. <laughs> Jose, thank you so much, brother, for that. I do appreciate it. Jose, we may be uh, giving you a call 
And I'll just kind of, you know, uh, keep it under wraps for now. But uh, we'll be telling you, we'll be filling in a little bit more information on that. So there's the ultimate tease for you, Jose. Maybe you too, Cole Moore. We'll let you guys know <laughs> what's happening as we get ready to come down to Thomas County Central Woo. and talk with fans and the head coach of the Yellow Jackets uh, coming up here in a couple of weeks. Ricky Bubba Abbott says, do you think Grage will come back soon to coach again? That's a very good question. Now, uh, Zach Grage was at Thomasville, led them to a state championship appearance and really had that program. He really resurrected that program, did Zach Grage. Um, and so uh, he is now the athletic director at Brooks County. I personally don't think he's going to return to coaching. I think he's yeah. happy with where he, where he is in administration. That's where he's always wanted to be. And, and again, he, can't, he told us that right here in ITG next uh, – right here in, our, in, in this room, in fact. So, I don't think he's coming back to coach. But um, do you guys know enough about Coach Graves to really offer an opinion on that? And I don't want to put you on the spot. No, you, I, I you do not. Fairly new. Okay, <laughs> I got you. Collins, yeah, buddy, McDaniel says, good evening, fellas. Uh, Collins, yeah, buddy, McDaniel, big uh, coffee fan. What's up, brother? Um, let's see what else we got. Stephen Tate. Stephen, uh, big coffee fan. Fans is talking about the Tiff County job. No one wants it. LOL. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that now. Why, you know, what are the pros and cons about the Tiff County job? Okay, we'll, we'll go into that well, in just you, a minute. Look so, what Cole yeah. Moore just said. He goes, what he's, he's talked to one of the candidates. He knows that he has to hit the ground running at Tiff because it's so late. Yep. This is definitely something, you know, the candidates got to be thinking. Hey, I don't even know the kids yet. You know, I mean, this is definitely have to be something they're thinking, they're considering. Yeah, I'll remind everybody now, in a little bit different situation in some ways. In some ways, there are some similarities there. When Rush Probst was hired at Valdosta, now you got to remember, that's when COVID was happening. But Rush Probst was hired, and I want to say his hire didn't come in until April. Now, it was, and again, but now that was COVID, so you had some concessions there. You didn't necessarily have the sense of urgency. Right. I guess is what I'm saying there in that scenario and, of course, during the pandemic. But he was able to come in and have one of the best seasons he's ever had as a coach coming into a first-year pro or you know, his first year there mm -hmm. at Valdosta. A lot of people forget that because of all the shenanigans that came out of his one and only year at Valdosta. We know about the games having to be forfeited, this and that. But still, as far as his coaching, he did a good job. But nevertheless, you know, I guess you, it, got, it kind of begs the question – how late is too late? Now is too late. <laughs> yeah, now Simply is too late. Simply put, now is too late. You know, I, I know it sounds a little grave, but it's like the guys have to know. Yeah. Like the, the players have to know who the coach is going to be. They have to know what kind of system they're going to be running. And even just for the coaches, the coaches have to be able to set in place what their culture is going to be for the school, what, what they the scheme they're going to run. Time is of the essence, and you're never going to get this month and a half back that you could have been working on something with the coach, with a new team. Right. Um, I, I, I'll disagree a little bit. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Obviously, you need to get somebody in there. Now, it's not like there's nobody there. You do have some assistants that, that are still on staff, that are still under contract. Right. Mm -hmm. Who have the kids at least working out, going through ways, going through the conditioning. But I hear what you're saying. As far as whoever the coach comes in, his philosophy, his scheme that he's going to bring, mm -hmm. you don't know if it's going to be, a, a, you know, I'm just throwing stuff out here. You don't know if it's going to be run-based. We don't know if it's going to be a pass-heavy mm -hmm. offense. So, but I hear what you're saying. That, mm -hmm. That's important. But um, it's, I don't think it's too late now, but it's certainly getting late 
in the process, that's for right. sure. They need to bring somebody in, and they just don't have a lot of time left to really, you know. I think it's why it should serve. be Israel. I think it's why it should be Israel even more. So, I mean, I think he's, he's, the, he's the guy for this. I mean, it's already too late. Give him an opportunity. Let's, let's go. Let's go, Tiff County. Let's make, it, let's make it happen with Israel. All right, I want to uh, talk just for a second. Uh, on Friday, I received a package. <laughs> now, you guys may see the shirt that I'm wearing. I don't know if you guys can see that or not. CG, and of course, here's the other thing that I got via oh. UPS. It's my helmet from Cardinal Gibbons. My buddy Matt DeBuck hey. said he was going to send us a helmet, and he did. And we thank you Shout for that, Matt. Uh, Coach Matt DeBuck. Don't worry, it's going back up on the shelf. I just <laughs> took it down. Jacoby had put it up there on Friday, so we'll put it back up there. Don't worry about that, Coach. But just want to let everybody know how much we appreciate Coach Matt DeBuck and Cardinal Gibbons. Going again, trying to get back to the state championship game there in South Florida, the Fort Lauderdale-based school, the powerhouse that it is. Awesome. Coach Matt DeBuck, uh, yeah, Coach Matt DeBuck has done a great job there. He's a good friend, friend of the show, friend of mine, and a uh, friend of ITG Next. We appreciate him. And, Coach, thanks so much for the helmet. Thanks so much for the, the, the pullover shirt that you sent me. And, uh, hey, maybe we can get Coach DeBuck up to, to uh, Georgia to coach. So he's right. certainly got the pedigree for it. That's for sure. And, Got Coach DeBuck, right. uh, I see that you're watching the show today, my man, so thank you so much uh, for that. So, all right, uh, Stephen Tate, I mentioned Stephen. D. Smith is checking out the show today from Northside Warner Robins country. I love it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely love it. All right, who else we got here checking out? Kerry Clayton is checking out the show, the PA announcer for the Buford Wolves, and he uh, was a finalist for the Atlanta Braves. Oh, Public address announcer. Nice. Or that, that's, that's, that's actually a double entendre there. He actually was a finalist for the PA. If I say public address announcer, that's that's, that's saying it twice. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Throwing us through a loop there, Phil. Uh, Kenneth Hurst is uh, checking out the show. Thomas County Central. Michael Baxter, uh, Milton Eagles fan. What's up, Mike? Mike says, go Milton. Absolutely. Obadiah Farley. The number one Thomas County Central fan in the world is checking out the show today. What's up, Obadiah Farley? Big, big TCC fan. Got to love it. And uh, for everybody else that's checking out the show today, Stephanie Daniel, Brooks County Trojans. Absolutely. Stephen Tate says that is cool of Coach Matt. And Matt DeBuck says you are welcome. Brother, thank you for that helmet. We appreciate it. It will be going back up on the shelf. All right, so um, let's talk about, uh, again, we're talking about these, uh, these Tiff County finalists. Again, if you guys have any thoughts, comments on uh, who you think the next coach at Tiff County could be, should be, who you'd like to see, whether it's a name, one of the seven names on our list or not, uh, does anything jump out at you as far as the list goes? I guess the thing with me, um, and... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know, and of course, I don't know what the criteria is that, right. the, that the board, the superintendent yeah. uh, is looking for. Again, you've got a little bit of turmoil at TIFT in that uh, the principal, his contract will not be renewed. And again, that's that's. That's public knowledge. There right. was a press release on that. Um, you know, we know that there was a superintendent that was let go, but, or his contract was not renewed. But now there's a new superintendent, and I apologize for not knowing her name, but she's been on the job, I think, a couple of months now. Um, so my point being that, you know, you've got a lot of catching up to do. We've talked about that. Not sure who, uh, what the, the criteria is for what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. I guess the thing that jumps out at me right away is, as Jacoby said, a lot, of these have, a lot of these coaches or a few of these coaches have Tiff County ties. Mm-hmm. Um, most have South Georgia ties. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's a situation where it almost as if they're going completely opposite of what they did with the previous coach in that Noel Dean was from Michigan. Yep. They went out, went out of state. Went about as far as you can get staying in the, in the eastern part of the country. But what do you guys think about that? That was the first thing that jumped out at me, if indeed these names are accurate. I mean, like you said, Phil, I'm not on the board. You know, I, I don't know what, you know, I wish I was. Uh, you know, I should be, actually. I should be, because I could make the decision right now. But I get to you before <laughs> February 8th. But, I mean, you got to think, I mean, who knows what the conversations are like. But they have to know this. It's got to be somebody from the community. Like you said, they've tried the Michigan. The guy from Michigan didn't work out. Got to be somebody from the community, Phil, and it's got to be somebody young. It's a decision. I, I don't want to keep saying it. I could preach this whole show. It's obvious. Let's get it done, Kiff County. I like the fact that they're kind of staying in the South Georgia realm now, right. um, staying close to home because they're going to need somebody who knows the area, who knows what the, the <laughs> TIFF community has. Um, just because with Noel Dean, no knock to him, but he did come from somewhere out of state who doesn't know the culture of TIFF and know – the, the storyline, I'm not going to say he doesn't know, but he's not as yeah. familiar as someone who grew up in it, you know, who knows South Georgia football, who knows the history of Tiff County. So I think it, I like the fact that they're staying home and searching for guys who have those ties to Tiff County. I think it'll do them well in the final decision. I got you. Um, all right, so just to uh, – somebody's asking who is on the uh, – who all is on the list. So let me go back to that real quick. Um, if you got, you might got that pulled up. I got you. Okay, what you got? Um, so we have Casey Soliday, we have Travis Ellington, Mike West, Kurt Williams, Summer Ellis, Israel Troop, and Tommy Watson. All right, so there is the seven names, and again, guys, that is up on social media. That's where I pulled it from. So it's not a list that we came up with. It's something I took. We're simply mm-hmm. discussing it. I have no idea how official, unofficial it is. Again, just putting it up there uh, as it appears on social media for discussion. And that's what we're doing, asking you guys to comment on it. Hey, and I do like Travis Ellington as well. You know, he he, uh, played at TIFF, coached at TIFF, and actually um, did very uh, well as the wrestling coach at TIFF. So he has some relation, you know, with people that are there. So it's an option, but everybody knows who I want. Israel, let's get you in there. Let's make this decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Griffin Martin is, uh, let's see, 
has made a couple of comments here I'd like to talk about. Let me see. I'm trying to go back to where you started, Griffin. All right, Wilkes Webb. And Wilkes, you were, I think, one of the sites where I saw these names mentioned, okay? So, Wilkes, you may can comment on this more so than, than just about anybody. Wilkes says, yeah. I definitely think Troop is the best candidate of those choices who applied for the job. He deserves an opportunity. Wilkes, I want to ask you because, again, I'll be honest with you, you and uh, Cole Moore are the two people that I took this list from. I saw it on other social media platforms, social media sites, but I want to ask, Wilkes, how confident are you that these are indeed the seven finalists? I'd like to hear some input from you on that. Griffin Martin says, um, I will say this, and I've talked to one of the candidates uh, I think that's Cole Moore. I will say yeah. this. I've talked to one of the candidates. He said he knows he has to hit the ground running. That's what you were talking yeah, about earlier. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he knows he has to hit the ground running at TIFF with it being so late. I'm sorry. I wasn't uh, aware that yeah. was the comment. I'm sorry that, that you were talking about. Michael Lotta uh, says uh, Alpharetta Raiders checking in. I got you, brother. Um, let's see here. Cole Moore, we're talking about spring practices right around the corner while other teams are building chemistry. Griffin Martin, uh, but not running the same system as what the new coach is bringing in and not going by his off-season workout. That was in response to me talking about that you had assistant coaches there. And, of course, that is one of the disadvantages of not having a head coach here. I got you, brother. Yeah. Um, coach Matt DeBuck, uh, now he is a head coach. Three state championships, I think, in the last five years there at, at Cardinal Gibbons. Coach, let me ask you, when is – it too late. I mean, what is, you know? What what would you say to this? You know, when do you need to get a head coach in there? And, and you may say now, like what Jacoby said. Uh, but you know, how how much longer can Tiff County uh, go? And what are the other disadvantages? I mean, how much are they losing out on without having the head coach in? I'd like to get a true expert opinion from you, Coach Matt DeBuck. Rashad White, uh, Benjamin Mays Raiders checking in. What's going on up there in Benjamin Mays Raider country? Rashad Cooley's Barbecue <laughs> is checking in. Woo! Can you send us a care package? Yeah, let's, get get some, let's get some barbecue in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Let's get some barbecue in the studio. Uh, it says, go Trojans, Coffee County. Uh, look, I got to tell you, man, Coffee County. By the way, guys, what's the situation on the uh, the indoor practice facility right. at Coffee? I'm hearing and talking to Coach Coe about three weeks ago. He said that uh, I believe it's going to be ready around April or March or April, I believe. March. So, where are they at with that, guys? Let me know. Uh, Griffin Martin, I love this, hashtag rally the troops with troops. <laughs> spelled, That's a good one. Yeah, That's a good it one. is, isn't it? That's a good, a good one. one. Spelled with Israel Troops' last name. Let's do it. Uh, absolutely. D. Williams says, Bainbridge in the house. Big Bainbridge Bearcats fan. What's going on, brother? Love to see you checking in. Uh, let's see here. All right, Poncellus Evans. He won his state championship ring. His salary going to be as much as the head coach. <laughs> Uh, now, who, who's, who, are you who are you talking about there, Poncellus? Some bad thing about coming in on some of these comments, you know, I'm, I'm actually coming in right in the middle of a, of a, a text conversation. I believe they're talking about uh, Coach Littleton. Oh, really? I okay. Hey, and, Bainbridge. Let, let, and let's see, DeBug just commented, it's never too late to hire the right guy. Hometown does help, but not essential. Character and winning background is super important. And that's why I, I – I agree. I agree, Matthew. I agree. Yeah, that's why I post the question to Coach Matt DeBuck. He goes by Matt. Oh, Matt okay. DeBuck. Yeah, he's the one who sent the helmet. 
He's the head coach at Cardinal Gibbons High School. So, uh, Stephen Tate, big coffee fan, says they're supposed to have it done by April. So, uh, let's see here. Yeah, I see. There. Uh, so, Poncellus, uh, uh, D. Williams says, Poncellus Evans, they can't match Bainbridge money, LOL. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'd say that. Uh, what I am finding out, though, most 7A jobs, you, I mean, you're talking about six figures plus. Yes. Oh, yeah. Used to be where the money would make people go, <gasps> that's not the case anymore. I mean, you're pretty much going to get, and that's understood, that you're going to get, you know, 100K plus. At least minimum. Vehicles, housing, housing allowance with some of these jobs. Okay. So, anyway, we'll move on. But, again, you guys want to talk about and add anything to it at any time, feel free uh, to do so. So, let's talk about the um, schedules that have been released and the Corky Kale Dave Hunter Classic. Okay. This thing was one of the first showcase events. And I'm talking about these events that kick, uh, to start the season off. Now we've seen a lot of spinoffs from the Corky Kale. Used to be just the Corky Kale Classic. Now Corky Kale and Dave Hunter. And rightfully so. They should have had a Dave Hunter's name a while back. But anyway, they did that last year in the press conference announcing the games that would make up the 2023 Corky Kale Classic. Now it's the Corky Kale Dave Hunter Classic. But the new Corky Kale lineup, Corky Hill Dave Hunter uh, lineup for this coming uh, for this uh, year's tournament has been released. And guys, what do y'all notice when you pull up the all the lineups in the games for the Corky Kale Dave Hunter Classic? Exciting, I can tell you that. Okay. Very exciting. Not too many teams south of Macon. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Not too many teams. We talked about that earlier. We we're doing a little bit of show prep, and guys, what has happened? to the Southern Georgia teams. When the Corky Kale Dave Hunter Classic, and don't get me wrong, it's still a great event. It's a say, great come on, guys. Yeah, it's still exciting. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not taking anything away from it by any means, but <clears throat> everybody in the state follows it. We're right. talking about it. And I would just like to see a little bit more uh, geographically equal representation. In other words, more, you know, more South Georgia teams, middle Georgia teams. I mean, as it is, you, you're pretty much getting this thing to be a, like Jacoby said, uh, it's, it's middle Georgia and up. Uh, Rome has become a site. And, listen, Barron Stadium in Rome is a, is a fantastic stadium. Um, you know, the Corky Kill uh, picks, you know, great teams, great venues. Um, but I believe Lowndes is the last team south of Macon that was a part of the – uh, yep. The showcase event known as the Corky Kale Dave Hunter Classic. Want to get y'all's thoughts on it? I think they're scared. That might be scared these South Georgia teams. The grit's different. Um, I think they're just a little intimidated by the physicality. That's scared. Is, is different. Hey, you know, I think it may be. Um... With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I think part of it comes from the amount of fans that can go that early in the season. I know we yeah. were talking about that Sales. last year about them uh, moving the state championship game and how people wanted it moved to a more central location in the state. You know, it's just I think it's more so that travel because at the beginning of the year, Lounge went up there that year. Not too many fans were able to make that trip, you know, especially once this year they're <clears> playing starting on Wednesday, ending on Saturday. Say if you play on a Wednesday and you're from Lounge or you're yeah. from, you know, Colquitt or anywhere like that, it's going to be much harder for your fans to get off and go to that game to support you. Now, I'm not saying they won't do it. You know, we've seen what Thomas County Central did for the state championship game. I just think that is something that it may be. Yeah, I do know that, uh, and, and valid points for sure. Now, the Corky Kill Dave Hunter Classic, uh, one of the requirements is that you sell X amount of tickets. Right. Okay, in other words, you've got to guarantee that your school, that your team is going to sell. Now, it used to be uh, 2000 it went to 3000 I know that that's what Lowndes, the folks at Lowndes had told me that it was. And, of course, once you start getting, you go from 2000 to 3000 I mean, 2000 is a lot of tickets. Obviously, it goes in to kind of ties into what you were saying. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to get there, number one. Number two, it just gets to be expensive to get there. Uh, you may have some interest, don't get me wrong, but to have 3,000 people that are going to go up there, you know, what if you are playing on a Wednesday or a Thursday? I mean, it's just that, that really became the biggest detriment. And, and look, guys, in fairness, I understand why, if that's going to be a requirement, yeah. Or condition of you being well, a part of the turn, of being a part of the, the event, that you've got to sell a minimum number of tickets. But it gets to a point where you know, well, just like the, we were talking about the Chief County job, yeah. you know, how late is too late? Well, in this case, how much is too much in terms of tickets that you've got to sell? And listen, I think a good point is, hey, pick the teams precisely. You know, let's look at, hey, just uh, Joseph Hilton. We would shut Central down to be there. So I know some of these fan bases will be there. Whoever's playing good at the time, you know, pick your choices wisely. The fan base will follow if they're playing good, I promise you. Joseph Hilton, what's up, brother? Uh, good to see you here on the show, man. I just looked down and saw you there, and I heard uh, Flint talking about yep. you. Joseph, thanks so much for being a part of the show. Um, we may be getting in touch with you, Joseph. Just remember that, man. We're coming down to Thomas County Central. And I'll just I'll let you guys know, we want to talk to some of the fans. Yeah. Uh, and you guys have got uh, – there's a lot of great fans, as we found out last year. Uh, with Thomas County Central. Me and Joseph were, were two of those that went back and forth. You yeah. know, he teased me a lot. I teased him a lot. But in the end, uh, it was all brothers in football, and that's what it's all about. And uh, you guys had a great season. But, Joseph, thanks so much for checking out the show, buddy. But uh, awesome. but that's the deal with, with uh, the, the, the Corky Kill Classic. I get it. You've got to make money, you know. Yep. Let's, let's face it. It's a business. Um, I mean, what do you think? Do you think TCC, if they got invited, do you think fans would go? I do. Exactly. 100%. So if they pick the correct team, if they do their research, like you said, defending state champs, they're going to make the game. I promise you, right? That they'll you make the game. Choose any of the defending choose, state choose champs. Any of them. Choose any of them. And how many? How many did you say? Go. Five. No, yeah. we have to no, pick one. So last year we saw the impact of Thomas County Central's fans. Yes. Right. I mean, come on. They were showing up at stadiums. Where was it? Marist. You know, they had like 2,000 people waiting uh -oh. on Marist to open the gates. What is What you got? 
Uh, Adam, hey Phil, before I stick my foot in my mouth from last week when I teased about the coach, there has been changes and down to two will be announced in three days. Whoa, okay, so there we All go. Right, yeah, There's update. the update. Thank That's you, what I'm looking at, Adam Estes, and I know with you, brother, uh, he is heavily involved in the Tiff County program. Let's go. So, Adam, that's what I was looking for. Adam Estes. Three days. Hey, Phil, before I stick my foot in my mouth from last week when I teased the coach, there has been changes. And like uh, Flint just said, it's down to two, and it will be announced in three days. How about that, guys? Wow. One is a shocker is what Adam said. Oh. All really? Right. Uh-oh. Adam, let me ask you this. <laughs> Are any of the seven names that we mentioned, does it contain these two individuals? Can you tell That's us That's a fair that? question. It's <laughs> a fair question, Adam. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Joseph Helton. Now, again, Tom, big Thomas County Central fan. Uh, Thomas says jo – or, I'm sorry, Joseph says yeah, uh, we had over 2,000 at Marist. Rome, and I believe well over 7,000 at the state wow. championship. We would have made it. And, again, that's uh, an answer to us talking about this minimum requirement that the Corky Kill Dave Hunter Classic uh, requires in terms of ticket sales and why it has become so hard. And, look, i got to be honest with you. I was one of these, and I actually expressed it to um, uh, the gentleman who is one of the organizers of the event, uh, and I said, look, you know, we'd like to see more South Georgia teams in it. And he told me, he said, look, Phil, we'd love to have more South Georgia teams. So I don't think it's anything where they're trying to shun no. South Georgia. It's nothing like that. I mean, it would behoove them, obviously, and make a better event yeah. if they of had course. more South Georgia of teams. Of course, of course. All right. So uh, any, anything you guys want to add to that, let me know. Go ahead and chime in about it. I think – I know we were talking about the Dave Hunter Quirky Kill. Uh, just one of the games that I've seen that I was really intrigued about was – Houston County versus Alpharetta. I think that's going to be an interesting game. Granted, Alpharetta wasn't the greatest team last year, uh, but they were pretty good. And I feel like, you know, this is going to be a good opening game. I like to see it. Who, Alpharetta and whom? Houston. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. They have a pretty good – it's a pretty good lineup uh, for the Saturday games. They start off with Brookwood versus Walton, then Houston County versus Alpharetta, McKeetron versus North Gwinnett, and then Cedar oh, Grove. Versus Douglas County. Uh, what are the? Oh, I like that one. By the way, Cedar Grove. I'll tell you guys that uh, the coach at Monarch. Now that's the team down in uh, Miami, mm -hmm. South Florida area. Monarch, uh, their coach uh, had called last year. Actually, we did a story on Monarch. Anyway, he called looking for Cedar Groves. John, Coach Adams' number, and I was able to hook them up. And it sounds like they have consummated a deal for Cedar Grove and Monarch to play. Wow. Because uh, he, he sent me a, a, a message this morning saying, and it was in error, said, hey, Coach, uh, can't wait to play you guys. Can you send me the contract? <laughs> and I said, well, wait a minute, buddy. Yeah, this ain't the coach, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how to get in touch with him. But uh -oh. Phil um, just uh, disclosed some news. information. But this, another, but this is another great <laughs> event that we're talking about, Cedar Grove. And I love to see the Cedar Grove, a Georgia team defending state champion, mm -hmm. uh, going to take on Monarch. Remember, they're the team that – beat Cedar Grove last year. Right. Big showdown. I think it was like 51 to 50 or mm -hmm. something like that. You guys remember that? Part of the Broward County Showcase there in South Florida. 
All right, uh, checking out some of our other comments that are coming across here, guys. Um, how the jackets look this year. Um, Matt DeBuck says, if media is talking about you, that's an indication that you are not a candidate. Interesting. All right. So, um, again, guys, you are watching uh, Extra Point with Phil Jones, etc. I have Flint Dykes. Flint, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, Phil. Doing great. And also we got the Jacoby Williams. Uh, you've heard me talk about him and refer to him as Mr. Producer. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, Mr. Producer does have a name, but he is uh, now, in addition to producing the show, part of the show. And uh, Jacoby, glad, glad to, be to here have you here, man. man. <laughs> glad to be here with you, Phil. Absolutely. All right. Sly, Coach Sly, who again is the outgoing athletic director at Milton, is going to be joining us. And he's got – some pretty good news, some big news, in fact, about Milton. Because talking about these showcase events, they've got one that they have hosted called the Freedom Bowl. Mm-hmm. But not sure if the Freedom Bowl is going to go forward. But, again, we're going to hold off and let the man who can talk much more intelligently about what's going on there with the Freedom Bowl. And, again, that would be Coach Sly. We'll let him talk about that when he joins us. All right. We heard last week, some of you may not have heard about this. I've got a, we've got a story that I wrote uh, that should be coming out as part of our newsletter this week, Georgia High School Football Newsletter here at ITG Next. And it has to do with Mary Persons, okay? Uh, 3A program up in the middle part of the state in Forsyth, Georgia, not Forsyth County, but Forsyth, Georgia. Mary Persons made headlines this week, last week, when it was announced that they are playing and hosting a team from north of the border. Now, I'm not talking about north of the Georgia border. I'm not talking about <laughs> Tennessee. <laughs> okay? I'm talking about Canada. That's right. Hmm. Mary Persons is going to be opening up the season, 2024 season, with, I believe it's New Westminster Secondary School from British Columbia. <laughs> How about that? I think it's exciting. I think it's great. I mean, that's, that's different. That's very different. I want to know what made them decide on this. This is well, very gonna, interesting. Well, you can read Phil's story <laughs> and find out all about it. Because not only did I, in, uh, did I interview Brian Nelson, who is the head coach at Mary Persons, but I was fortunate enough to interview the, their co-head coaches at New Westminster, okay? And their name escapes me right now, and I apologize for that. But uh, we'll talk more about them, uh, I'm sure, as we go forward. we got all offseason to talk about it. But the two coaches, I spoke with them, and all three coaches combined from the two schools explained to me how this game came together. Now, the first part, of course, is something that, guys, really, and I want to talk about this, mm -hmm. a lot of coaches, especially with the reclassification, they're having trouble finding opponents. They're having trouble scheduling games. You know, you've got some teams that don't want to play certain teams, you know? That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to come play, y'all, you know? Um, Matt DeBuck, my buddy down in Fort Lauderdale. I can personally tell you he has tried to call on some Georgia folks. And, hey, we don't want no part of it. You know, we're not going to do it. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot of teams want to have a game that they think they can win. Can't blame them there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then a again, you've got – what's that? A tune-up game, as they used to call it. That's right. Mm-hmm. See, and to be honest with you now, a lot of schools have gone away from that. Mm-hmm. A lot of schools see Cedar Grove. <laughs> they play one of the more daunting schedules anywhere. They, don't, they have no home games. Okay. Last year they started off, I think, uh, one and five. I'm not going to say one and four, one and five. But you know what? They were all the better for it because they wound up as state champions. Because they played tough regular season opponents and right. go playoff time, they were conditioned yeah. to take on tough talent. What do you guys think about that? I like the fact that teams are more, like, thoughtful in their schedule making. Um, but I don't like the fact that they're running from competition. I think 100%. it helps your team in the long run because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. As long as you can make it to that playoff chance and and play well in the playoffs, if your team is battle tested, I guarantee it's going to help them a lot worse, a lot better than if they just went and played some scrub team and blew them out seventy to zero. And who you wants know? to see that? No, no one, one wants and, to see that. And listen, we talk about selling tickets. Let's sell tickets. Let's get the games we all want to see instead of running and ducking our competition. Yeah. Oh, we don't want to play because we don't. We want to lose. And I get it. It's hard, especially, you know, say if you lose key seniors, I get it. You don't want to start your young guys on a tough game. But I would, if it was hey, me, hey. I'd rather start you on a tough game me so too. I know how you react under pressure than an right. easy game. Get them that doesn't do nothing for me. Exactly right. I agree 100% with Kobe. Um, and, you know, again, to be honest with you, we really haven't seen a lot of that. Um, so I don't think it's really a widespread problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see because, again, I know I have a lot of coaches who will – not a lot, but a few <laughs> – who will say, hey, I'm looking for a game. Do you know of anybody that's looking for a game? Um, are you guys familiar with a Georgia coach? I'm not. The, the, the Twitter site? No. no. I was introduced to it. In fact, it came up during my conversation, believe it or not, with the Canadian coaches. From New Westminster, um, they had found out, or that's a site that they go to uh, in looking for when they are deciding when they want to come to the states to okay. play a game. That's a site they go to, and the and the reason I found that interesting, I couldn't believe I never heard of it, but that's a site where teams kind of share information if they're looking for games. And you guys would not believe how many coaches go on there. Really? Yeah, and or hey, I'm looking for a game. Looking for a game. I know that uh, Lowndes, Adam Carter, has been actively seeking an opponent for one or more of their for their upcoming seasons. Um, and that's just that's just an example. That's just one of the ones coaches that I have seen. But um, anyway, it's going to be interesting to see about you know uh, if we see more and more of these games like what we're talking about. And I would love it. Can you imagine going to that game, New New Westminster? Against so Mary fun. Person? So yes. Yeah. It's an experience. The players will never forget. And you know what? That's exactly what Mary Person's coach, Coach Nelson, said 
when they were approached by the Canadian coaches about doing that game, you know, they weighed the pros and the cons. Right. And he said at the end of the day, and I'm, this is almost verbatim, Coach Nelson said at the end of the day, I knew that this would be something our players would be talking about 25, 30 years from now. Right. And who knows where this could start? You know, everybody's going to think it's crazy until somebody does it. Who knows what this opens up for, you know, all other teams from Canada come play. You know, this sure. will open the door wide open for them. So, I think it's a great thing. Somebody's got to start it. I'm all for it. I like the idea. I like the fact that they're expanding. Just like the game of – the NFL is expanding overseas and right. broadening over. You yeah. know, I feel like this is that next step. Like, even with – we see it in basketball. They'll play the Canadian national team, the 16U team, and – you know, the American 16U team will play the Canadian. I feel right. like this is that. This is going to be that for football. And how many players now are coming to the NBA from overseas? A lot. Tons. And so how cool would it be? Let's get some more guys coming from overseas to play some football for us. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to see if this maybe will catch on. And, you know, like you guys were alluding to, maybe this will be an icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Maybe yep. once other coaches see, hey, and listen, this new Westminster team, now, I know it sounds kind of like a novelty. It's new. Hey, they're from Canada. But here's the trick. They're not Canadian Football League. Yeah, they're, they're actually they're home to a Canadian Football League team, mm-hmm. the British Columbia Lions, Okay, mm-hmm. who play in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I don't know if you guys know much about the CFL or not. I do. Canadian Football League, they get three downs, not four. <laughs> and the football field is 110 yards long. Hmm. Now, I'm not talking about like American football is technically the field is 110 yards long. The yeah. playing field is 100 yards. But I'm talking about in Canadian Football League, they have a 55-yard line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the width of the field, instead of being 50 yards wide, it's 55. Yards one. Interesting. So you put two and a half yards on either side. Anyway. So you think they're built different, Phil? You're saying these Canadians build different than us? Well, well, I can tell you that that's how they play football. But this team, New <laughs> Westminster, they play strictly American football. So I guess what I'm saying is, don't don't expect don't this to be this crazy wacky team who's going to have to get used to the the way American plays football. They already play American stuff. Right. Right. Okay. Rosser Sutherland, uh, hello from Marietta. Just found out the 2024 season will open versus Gainesville at Northcutt Stadium on August the 16th. Perfect candidate for ITG next game of the week. Right? Is that where we're going? I I don't know, (laughs) man. We'll see. We've got to talk to the powers that be, a.k.a. Mark Dykes, and see what Mark thinks about it. So, uh, we'll find out. Have we got my man uh, Sly checking in? All right, so guys, without further ado, let's make way for the man himself from parts unknown. Just kidding. I'm going back to my old wrestling days there. From Milton High School, the Class 7A defending state champions. They're going to have to change that moniker a little bit. But anyway, we'll get to more than that. It is the uh, former athletic director who has overseen one of the more successful athletic programs in the state of Georgia, high school football. It's our friend, a good friend of mine. Of course, I'm talking about Coach Sly. What's up, brother? Hey, man. How you guys doing? Great show. I've been listening to it for the last half an hour pretty much, my wife. Uh, good stuff. You guys are doing good. Thank Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate awesome. that. Awesome. What's going on, Sly? 
Hey, buddy, how you doing? Good, good. So I guess you know everybody, don't you, Sly? I do, I do. And uh, just going to be a glad to be part of the, uh, you know, just adding on hopefully a little bit to what you guys are doing. Good conversations, man, between Corky Kell and schedules and the Canadian team. When you were talking, man, I thought back to the Freedom Bowl in 18. We had a team from Canada come down and play in it uh, against uh, Douglas High School out of Florida where we actually had that, that terrific, horrific shooting. We had we brought Douglas up and, and really helped him get up here and give their kids an opportunity to have something, uh, you know, to look forward to after that tragedy. And the Canadian team came down. I can tell you one thing, what's going to be a hardship for them, especially playing down in, in the middle of the South Georgia area. I know where you're going. Heat, <laughs> is heat, yep. Because yep. I talked to him. I talked to the coach up there years ago in 18. I said, Coach, be prepared for the heat. He goes, oh, Coach, it gets warm, warm up here. I says, no, 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 no. It doesn't get warm up here. <laughs> How did they fare, uh, Sly? Terrible. They were in the tanks. We had to put kids in ice baths like half the game. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. It was like a triage. So I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm telling you right now, that's a, it's a, they were shocked on the heat. Shocked. Wow. Well, that obviously, and Coach Nelson from Mary Persons had made note of that. He said, look, I think that uh, – and they are a championship caliber team, this team from New Westminster Secondary there in British Columbia. Um, they are basically the equivalent of a Georgia 6A team. Mm -hmm. uh, they have won uh, – we call it state championships. Up there it's province. Mm -hmm. So they are a province champion. Um, and, again, just comparing states to provinces in, in British Columbia. But you, you got to wonder, is that where the similarities start and, and end and indeed, he mentioned that the weather he thought was going to be the biggest factor that they would be. And that makes a ton of sense. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, Sly, what, man, you guys still walking around on cloud nine from that state championship? <laughs> that that's never that never goes away, does it? Well, it doesn't. But we put that to bed. We really did. Uh, you know, the kids are back to work hard, and the coaches and everybody's back to work, and we just solidified our schedule and looking forward to it. Just a man, a gauntlet. But, uh, no, we're – the coaches, look, it, at the end of the day, you're proud of that and you're excited for that. But you better put that to bed quick because season's already starting for next year. And I, I give our coaches credit. They do a great job with that. <clears throat> well, listen, Sly, it's interesting you talked about that. I want to begin our conversation because we actually put that on our list. I saw uh, where Coach Reeves, uh, I guess it was. It may have been you. I'm not sure. I've been following you guys uh, today on social media, and I saw where one, or maybe both of you, released, uh, posted the schedule for 2024. So why don't we talk about it, being that you guys are, of course, defending state champions? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it for sure. I think it's a challenging schedule. Let me start by asking you, Sly, what is the status? Now, we were talking about the Corky Kale earlier. Mm -hmm. And I know that you guys have put together your own great showcase event known as the Freedom Bowl. First of all, tell us where and when that originated. Originated in 18. Um, actually, I know Matt was listening earlier. His team came up and played as well. Matt's not afraid to play anybody. We just got teams from all across the country to play in it. And we did it for <clears throat> our troops, our first responders. Um, the group that, that, that the Freedom Bowl original group that came in did an amazing job with us on that. And it was just a great event. I think what hurt us and hurt them a little bit was COVID, trying to bounce back from that. And we did to a certain extent, 
But now there's so many events. Teams want so much money. Mm-hmm. And, and now states are changing their guidelines. Like South Florida, Florida teams have to get a waiver to play early if you want them to play early. But they also want money. Other states are closing down until after almost close to Labor Day now. Uh, so it's to the point now where I think that's what hurt us a little bit with that event. Because, look, it, it was a labor of love for me. I didn't get any money from it. I literally did it for my heart. I loved it. Um, but now it's the point where I think it's it maybe put an ice this year, unfortunately. Because um, look at us and Buford sitting here with no game. Week week one, that's where we're playing each other. I mean, yeah. bottom line, we coaches got together and said, both great coaches said, let's just play each other and we'll do a home and away, and we're doing it. Um, and it's a great game, right? It's an amazing game. That may be an ESPN game. Who knows? But um, you know, because two teams couldn't find opponents. Wow, and that was a part of our discussion that you may have heard uh, during the, the first hour of the show, Slider. You would mentioned that you were listening to the show. That was one of the several topics that we were talking about, guys. Right. So why don't we bring you in and talk about uh, these, these last couple of items. So what you're telling us is that the Freedom Bowl that has been going on there, you guys have hosted that since 2018. You're saying that it is pretty much over and done with for now. Well, it's definitely there's definitely a pause button for right now. Um, could we rally a couple more games around it and try to bring it back? We possibly could. And don't forget too, there's a new administration, a new AD at Milton. Mm-hmm. He has his own POV and vision, which I'm not going to get involved with because I'm not there anymore. I'm just on the football staff. So there's a lot of factors involved that's got to come together um, for that to happen. But what I want to help Coach Reason in my role is to get a great schedule for our team, a competitive schedule to help any way I can, and then obviously develop those players off the field. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing. So we'll see what happens. But right now, it's us in Buford. That'll be a game of all games. Um, and, and we'll see what happens, man. It's, I mean, both coaches aren't afraid of competition. You know that. Absolutely. And, again, we're going to talk about your schedule. Again, though, I want to stick with why are teams having such a hard time finding games, uh, Sly? Well, I do believe a few things. First off, teams want money now. Right back in the day, you know, we, we went to Camden – when Coach was down there, Coach Aaron was down there. We played him, I think it was in 14 in the preseason. And they gave us a few dollars to go down and play them. We took a bus down there. We played and took a bus back home just to get our kids ready to play a long playoff game away, right? That was kind of, you know, how it was back in the day. Now teams, they don't get money. They're not coming to play yet. Right. Even teams aren't relevant yet. Even teams, I mean, if you're relevant, it's one thing. I can see if you're, you know, a nationally ranked team, but teams aren't even relevant want money now. And then mm-hmm. – the borders are changing their start dates. I mean, literally, fluidly, like year to year. So that's hurting. Um, and then there's some other events that are popping up that are really good that are pulling some teams away, right? So you put all that into consideration, it's hard. To your point, the Corky Kell Classic, you know, yes, they want you to sell tickets. It was a great event. We played in it for a couple of years against Archer and Buford. It was a great event. I do love what Dave and those guys are doing there. And uh, for sure, I respect Dave a lot. You know, I, all I can say is, what I would suggest, if there's ADs listening and you're playing it, you know, your feeder kids can buy tickets too. You can literally mm-hmm. spread those tickets out to your feeder kids and get that <laughs> money. So but there's a way to make that if you want to do it, be out, think outside the box as an administrator, you know, which we did. We played in it to help out offset that cost. So, but to your point, Phil, I think it has to do with the rule changes that teams want money. Some teams are, to, I mean, I, I remember earlier, I think somebody mentioned the fact that some teams don't want those tougher games early yes they want to play, they, they want to play that quote-unquote you know tune-up game even though it's not happening historically much anymore teams still want that sometimes especially if they're in a cycle of cycling down 
And that's not good, right? So you take all those factors in consideration. All right, so let me let me just clarify something, Sly. Um, all right, so you're talking about teams want money. Now, I thought, and again, correct me if I'm mistaken here, but don't teams get a guaranteed certain amount from the gate, from the from the uh, receipts, uh, from from the attendance tickets, uh, or are you talking about in addition to and above and beyond that? So every, you know, every event's different, right? Some events give a partial gate to the, to the visiting team or the home team, depending on what you're in. Some will go ahead and uh, and give extra stipend to that team coming into town. It really mm-hmm. varies on the team you're trying to bring in. If you're bringing in a team in, that's going to sell your place. We have Buford against Thomason, right, from uh, Alabama a few years ago. That thing was packed to no end. It was a 5 o'clock game, amazing game. Um, Buford ones have beaten them, and then they go on to win a state championship in Alabama. So, like, the point is that team got better, even though they didn't need to. They were a very good team. And Buford, good start. It was a great gate. But uh, some teams, you know, they want a stipend on top of that. They want the travel stipend. They want some hotels. They want whatever the case may right. be. And it's costly for that event to stay on, right? Especially when sponsors, after COVID, have pulled back and realized that they can do things for a lot less. That's the kicker right there. And, and, Co- and Coach, I hate to cut you off, but I have heard some things and some other sports has had it's had in a contract saying XYZ player must play in the game for them to come down and play. I've seen that too. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. because let's – especially if you want an ESPN game, right? If you want, right. I think I think Paragon was a team, the, 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 the platform they used for years. I'm not sure if they're still using with ESPN, but if you want a team like game like that, there's teams that have certain players got to be in it yeah. unless they're injured, right? Because they want to go ahead and have that draw, right? right? I mean, that's what people to watch. It's not really the record. It's the kids on the field with the stars exactly. playing each other. And does that get confused inside now with NIL? I mean, does that come into play? I mean, I think eventually it might. Right now, thank God it's not. It's still infantile Good. up here. And, um, you know, look, at man, that's a whole other uh, show probably. <laughs> yes, um, sir. You can't you can't put your head in the sand because it will it will definitely steamroll you for sure. Great point. All right. Uh, Matt DeBuck says Sly should be an ops guy in college. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, go ahead. I love Matt. Matt, thank you so much, man. Uh, <laughs> Matt and I are good friends. We we respect each other big time. Both both Broward County uh, products from South Florida. And uh, just love what he does down there, man. He's got a few rings on his fingers for sure for a reason. All right. So, uh, Luke Nelson says, hey, I'm looking forward to the Milton versus Buford game. Should be a great test early for both. I think Luke was the guy that said he was a, a Buford fan. Right. Uh, but had nothing but kind words to say about your, you guys at, at, there at Milton. Now, so let's talk about and let me ask you about uh, a, a comment that um, Flint brought to my attention. And, Flint, if you want to actually talk about this with uh, Coach Sly, yeah. tell him what you found out and what you heard earlier. And I'm sure it's only going to put a, a smile yeah. on Sly's face. Well, Coach, I know you were listening to the show earlier, but Cam Newton, the one and only, has shouted out Milton's quarterback, Luke Nichols, saying there ain't a quarterback in the country that's better than him. And Sly, I just, what are your thoughts on me? I mean, this is huge. Um, and what is seven on seven, and how does that tie in to, you know, helping your guys when it comes game time? Well, 
saw the comments actually on social media too. And of course, I, you know, I concur because I love Luke and I know what he stands for. There's so many great players out there, right? It's hard to say one's the best. Obviously, we side with that. Um, but I can tell you this. Um, Luke is, I still think he's underrated what he has, as, as far as what he's done and what he's done so far with another year left in high school. Um, you know, uh, but as far as what Cam said, you know, look at seven on seven. Cam has a huge seven on seven influence. Mm-hmm. He does a great job with those kids. He takes kids that are even kids that are you know, at risk kids and, and helps them. So he's, he's bigger than the field with him when That's he does. Awesome. Truly, I've seen that. For he and I talked on the phone a year ago about a player two years ago and nobody knows this and, and it was amazing what he did with that kid we kind of partnered about this player and that is kids going to college and playing on there i won't say his name but it's amazing it's, does, does care so there's a personal side he really does care and i give him props for that as far as seven on seven goes look at it's, it's one, of the, one of those things where years ago i thought you know it could have been the demise of high school football right because we don't play in shorts <laughs> but now i think it helps with timing it helps with com- competitive edge Right, all that it has other people in your kids' ears besides your own people in your kids' ears with all the rules, right? So I think there's definitely a positive to it, no doubt. As long as it's, you know, as long as it's governed and it's not literally every weekend, 24/7, 365, right. even on the right. season. Because and clearly the exposure, right, Coach? The exposure has to be great too. I mean, you got Cam Newton tweeting about, you know, your quarterback. That's pretty awesome. Oh, amazing! <laughs> <laughs> Committed to loose committed to Miami, so I mean, do that's you awesome. think that's not Houston for South Florida? Like, that's huge, of course, it is. Um, so for sure, but that's a great point. Seven on seven, it's a, it's a needed thing to have. Um, we have to can definitely keep parameters around it, but it, it's something that's part of the game again. Now, it wasn't the game years ago, but we don't play in a phone booth anymore either. We play you know, basketball and a football field now, basically. Right. All right, so got a question. I asked uh, our uh, viewers if they had a question for you to send it our way. So, um, Obadiah Farley, who is a big Thomas County Central, in fact, he is Thomas County Central's number one fan. You know, I anoint one particular viewer on the show as the uh, certain team's number one fan. Obadiah gets it for the Central 6A defending state champion. Now that'll be 5A. Uh, Obadiah Farley says, my question does Slide think if Thomas County Central, Coffee, or Perry fans continue to support their teams like they did in 2023, do you think they might reach out to some of the South Georgia teams? Now, Obadiah, are you talking about uh, trying to schedule teams? I just want to make sure I understand your question. I believe, um, yeah, what's he asking? I believe he's asking about the uh, Freedom Bowl. I know Slide was talking about that. It was okay. hard for them. Got you. Teams. Yeah. So there's your question. He's uh, asking about the Freedom Bowl. If you think you could uh, maybe invite any of the three teams that he mentioned, because they are and do tend to really travel well. Yeah, hundred percent. We actually sent a mass email out to a bunch of different teams that are, you know, kind of the the hot teams of of, of the, you know each state, especially in Georgia. Um, and usually, unfortunately, what happens is teams literally. Um, start building their schedule up earlier or make these off-the-record committals and playing the game early on in the season like we do hurts a little bit for sure. So that could be one of it. I would love to see Thomas County Central or any of those teams come up there. And I don't care even how many fans you bring. Just bring your team. Like, I'd be a, yeah, of course there's, there's money in Gates, but that's a great team to bring up here to Metro Atlanta and right. play a ball game against, right? I mean, yeah, let's face it. That Look at the 5A is going to be dangerous this year, guys. We got the whole show. 
Oh, how many how many state championships now playing five A next year? I think yeah. three or four of us are yeah, playing the same classification, right? I mean, that's what it's about. by the way, Obadiah, Obadiah Farley, I love that name. I want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, and it's okay. Obadiah Farley says he was talking about the Corky Kill Classic, but that's okay. It really uh, can pertain to either one, the Freedom right. Bowl or the Corky Kill. Now, let me ask you about that, since Obadiah did clarify that. So we were talking about, you know, uh, the, the Corky Kill Dave Hunter Classic. And you may have heard us talking about it, Sly, you know, the fact that, you know, the last couple of years there have been no South Georgia teams involved in that. Okay. Um, and, you know, obviously if they make it a requirement, a condition that you've got to sell a minimum number of tickets. And Lowndes was, was pretty much the last South Georgia program that played in the Corky Kale. And I know you, you – you, I'm not asking you to necessarily speak on behalf of the Corky Kale, okay? That's not what I'm asking. I.J. Rosenberg is the is one of the, the main um, uh, coordinators and, and persons that's responsible for uh, putting on the, the Corky Kale Dave Hunter Classic, and he does a great job with that. But I'm just curious, you know, what can be done maybe to, 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 to see if we can get some South Georgia involvement in the Corky Kale? And I'm just going to ask you that as if you were a fan and not in an administrative role. Well, what I would do is have a game or two out of the whole classic from Wednesday to Saturday, right? Have a game or two. I would try to have it in the Benz if you could, or at least a major stadium, a north-south game, right? Make it, make it a north-south game. Make it something yeah. where you're marketing north-south. If you do that, I think you'll see some teams and coaches buy into that a little bit, like this could be this could grow legs because now it rallies the community, right? And it rallies those people involved because let's face it, South Georgia travels to state championship games. They've always have, always will, final four games. They'll travel as well to that type of game. If you say, hey, we're going to play South Georgia versus North Georgia in this kickoff classic type game in Corky Kell, right? So if you have eight or nine or ten games, maybe two are just earmarked for that. I think that would be a really cool way to market it in my eyes as a fan because I love when we play South Georgia teams. I love when we, you know, put Colquitt this year at Colquitt. You know, us and Colquitt have been a rival and really not a rival, right? We played three times, I think, in our whole career. They've yep. been three amazing games. 14, we lose by a touchdown. 18, we beat them. And this year, we beat them. And, right? But that's yeah. program is one of the best in the state. No question. Go ahead, guys. Well, I was just going to agree. I agree. Uh, the, the location matters. You know, when you're playing at the Dome, everybody wants to go to the Dome. No you doubt. You know, so I no say I, I agree. You know, the fans will want to go to Atlanta. They have other things to do in Atlanta, the aquarium, et cetera. Yeah. So it does, the location matters. So I think Sly is right on point with that as well. Well, and that takes me back, guys. We remember when the, 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 it was announced that the state championship games would be moved from Georgia State back to, I say back to the Dome. They used to be at the Georgia Dome, then it was Mercedes-Benz. But Benz. they announced that they would be moving the games back to the Benz, okay? And the condition was the fact that, oh, by the way, to be able to go back to the bins, we're going to have to move the game from the weekend to the front part of the week. Basically, was it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? I think it was. Yep, yeah. this year it was. And, of course, there was a lot of talk. Oh, my goodness, what are they thinking? Nobody's going to be able to get off work on Monday. Well, as we saw and as I had predicted, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. Fans were going, if they oh, make, yeah. if their teams make the state championship, they're going to find a way to get there. And it kind of goes to Flint's point. 
you know, it's at the Dome. People want to go there. I have always been a huge proponent of the state championship games being under, as I call it, the big top mm -hmm. on the big stage. That's where the players deserve to play. That's where the fans want to go right? And, and watch the games. And listen to the fans. And when you're picking the teams to play, look at the fan base. TCC's coming off a great win. Pick them. They will show up at the Dome. Right, right. But but now, I'm, of course, I'm talking about, like, the state championship games that were moved back. People were talking oh, yeah, about how yeah. the, the, the teams were not uh, we're not going to be able to draw fans, especially from South Georgia. Yeah, well, as yeah. we saw, that was not the case because we had a record attendance over the three days. So that pretty much downplayed that. And it all goes into the fact that it becomes a destination. The, the, everybody wants to go to the bins. The yes. players want to play there. Right. I don't care if it's on Sunday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon. Monday. The fans are going to come <laughs> build it. They will come. Make the championship. They will come. Right. Yeah, to, you know, to your guys' point, I took a picture of the Benz our walkthrough this year and sent it down to the one of the uh, gentlemen that runs the Elite Classic in Brown County. He's like, that is unbelievable, man. You guys get to play there. You know, and uh, it, it, he just was taken back by it, right? So a guy that's involved in that amazing event in South Florida was taken back by us playing in the Benz in our state championship game. To your guys' point, people will show up and play, whether it's the Corky Kell, whether it's the state championship, especially – in the state of Georgia, one thing I learned, you know, I, I was in Florida for years as a, as a, you know, I played high school ball in there. I got coached down there for years in high school. And when I came up here, one thing I saw was communities. Their communities up here are tight. And especially when you get south south of Macon, they, mm -hmm. they get crazy tight. But even up here now, you're seeing communities in, in, in the metro all of a sudden rally and bring a lot of people to games. Austin Walton, we had over 10,000 in our game, wow. right? I mean, but the teams that were down in South Georgia, those guys brought almost 8,000 from one side, right? I mean, that's what it's all about in Georgia. And I think of Mastelon, I'll tell you, the football bar is amazing. Coaches are amazing. There's amazing talent. You don't have a lot of communities only at certain schools that you do up here. Like us and Alfredo play this year. That's 5,000 people. Us and Roswell, 5,000 people. Easy. Easy. You know, you, you know, look at Valdosta Lounge. Look at those games, right? So I yeah. think it's about community. People are going to play. They want to see the best of the best. And it, it's, it's, it's a great problem to have, I think. It's just a matter of, to your guys' point, how do you market it? How do you really, you know, get the best out of ROI? Good, great, uh, great point. By the way, I do want to encourage everybody, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, uh, we got some great stories. And I'm not just saying this because I wrote them, guys. But I really think it's some good stories that you guys will enjoy. I mentioned the fact of uh, the story uh, that uh, you guys can read about as far as the British Columbia team taking on Mary Persons, okay? Uh, I write about how that game was discussed, talked about for months on end, and then it finally came, became a reality. And I think you guys will enjoy that, but it explains a little bit behind the scenes of how that came about. But the other story, or a, another story that I wrote about, I think you guys will enjoy, I hope you will, talks about this great journey that the Milton Eagles went on this year. And it kind of started with that early season loss last year uh, to, um, gosh, who, who was it there in the Broward County Classic? Um, Western, Western High School. Western out of Davie, yes, the Western Wildcats. Um, you know, great, it was a great game, tough loss. But I talk about how, you know, as Coach Reeves had said, hey, we had our mind made up that, you know, that was a tough loss, yes, but we were in it for game 15. Right. That's what we set our sights on. I guess you can say it was a long-term vision. Mm -hmm. 
don't get caught up in the day-to-day, the week-to-week. Yeah, the games are important. you got to play them. you got to win them. But the big picture was focusing on getting to game 15 because everybody knows in order to play 15 games, that means you have achieved the ultimate, which is the state championship. Right. You've made it. Yeah, and, and to your point, you know, there's I always say this, I've said it numerous times, there's no losses if there's lessons, right? And I think every time you every time you learn something from those games, it's a lesson. And, you know, it just goes to show you, though, we've played average of 14 games a year for six years, okay? It comes down to those early season games, whether you win or lose them, we've been three and two twice and made a state championship run, okay? Um, we've been two at one point until Final Four. So I think it's a matter of how you grow from those games, what you get from those games, and what you take from those games. And I sharp design. I mean, it sounds like cliches and everything else, but it, it man, the formula is there. What Coach Reeves and before that Coach Clack did to, to put that template in place, and what Coach Reeves is doing now, and all our coaches on staff, they don't flinch. When they saw the schedule, group me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. That's a tough schedule. When you love talking about opening up with, you know, Buford, okay, which people people don't want they want to they don't want to play them. Then by the way, American Heritage Plantation, who's nationally ranked. Then let's come back up here and play your rival, Operetta, right, who's going to be a much better team. Oh, by the way, play BT, private to public, right? I mean, play your region. I mean, people are in the regions, Roswell and Gainesville in that region. I mean, people think Coach Reese is drinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's, yeah, go ahead. What, what, what he's doing is the template. He knows he's not going to play to the scoreboard. He's going to play the next play. Right, I think that's so important that, that I know coaches get that, but administrators get that too. They got to support their coaches. the coaches. Are afraid to put the best teams on the field against themselves, then support them and line them up. Absolutely, we are talking with Coach Sly, the former athletic director. Now he's simply uh, one of the guys on the coaching staff there for the Milton Eagles football program. And of course, I should say and amend that to say uh, one of the uh, the coaches on the state champion. Milton Eagles. But as Coach Sly said earlier, hey, we got to put that behind us now. There's a new task at hand. I get it, but nobody will ever be able to take that away from you, that's for sure. But uh, talk about this schedule. I know you mentioned, so you guys are going to open with Buford. Yeah, open with Buford. Well, I got Newton as a preseason. Here's another tough one, right? Newton comes in preseason. So we have Newton, then we have Buford. Then American Heritage Plantation at their place. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute now. I didn't know that. American Heritage, yeah, uh, and this is out of Plantation, Florida. Correct. And it's down there. Yes, sir. Is this going to be part of the Broward County Showcase? Yes, sir. And, and, and you know what's so funny? We had coaches down there this weekend looking around for logistics, videotaping the field. Like, we're thinking that far ahead. Like, wow. our guys. How about that? See? That's what I'm talking about. Go yeah. ahead, Sly. It's about the little things, right? Doing things like that to give yourself possibly a little advantage. Because the advantage is on them. We're flying down there and playing a game. The advantage is they lap automatically. So it's up to us to go ahead and try to sit there and close that game a little bit and where you can, right? So uh, we went to California years ago. We, we started practicing the same California time here to get used to the game time there, right? Just to kind of get your bodies used to it. It was weird how we did that. Um, I don't think it really worked. We lost, but we tried, right? So, I mean, you're always trying. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you get down to playing the game, and there's only one two things that are going to control that. But what you can do ahead of time is something, obviously, that you guys can control. So, I love to hear that. So, here we are months away 
from playing, but you guys were already doing some advanced scouting. Absolutely. We have, yep, advanced scouting, that's the perfect way to call. We have they're looking around, uh, you know, just kind of seeing the facilities we're playing in, how big the sidelines are or not. Wow. Hey, things like that are important. Those are the things, guys, that separate champions and a championship mentality from the rest of the, 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 the That's pile. So, that is so awesome. Yep. That is it, so it awesome. really is. All right, so, <laughs> wow, Buford, and then you got to go to fly to South Florida to take on uh, American Heritage, the wow. Patriots, there is part of the Broward County Showcase Classic. This is another big showcase classic right. down in Florida. So, you guys will play that game. That's the first two. It's going to be tough to, uh, two tough games over the season. Who comes next? Alpharetta, our rival, right? There's a border war. Alpharetta High School. The Raiders. Emotions will be involved. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> you know that plays a factor. What do you got There's next? No love yeah. There. yeah, so we got some – we have some, a couple of people – Michael Lotta wanted me to ask about the Alpharetta Raiders. Uh, so, there you go, Michael. Um, what about the uh, the next team, game four? Blessed Trinity at their place. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Great day. Blessed Trinity. How many? So, I've already heard um, s several new games, and this is supposed to be the back end of the home and home, right? Yeah, so no, so it's we're a new a new two year contract basically with your games. Right? Oh, that that's so, right, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's right. So I that forgot about help. that. That does help that situation. And you know, then our region's bigger this year, right? Because it's a new region. So mm -hmm. then you have to play region games, and that's kind of decided in the region. We'll play Chattanooga, Seconder, Lanier. Then we have Gainesville, Johns Creek. Then we have wow. Roswell. That's a wow. Game. Now the great thing about that is you're going to go to playoffs battle tested, right? Which is yeah. huge. You go play. You want to play a game at the end that brings you down. You want to play a game at the end that's gonna. I mean, uh, Roswell will be a huge game anyway. Is that at Roswell, Coach? Game. It's at home. This one's okay. at home. Okay. We played. We played there last year. Um, it was actually they had seven thousand fans. I think at that game yeah. last year at their place. So uh, you know, hey, Roswell's no pushover. I was gonna say, oh, Coach, no, I don't mean never, to cut you off. Never, never. Um, I see that you guys' last two games are at home, going into the playoffs, foreshadowing that you guys are gonna be there. How was important is it to have two home games going into the playoffs? Well, you know, I think we have enough away games early on to test us on the travel part of it, and then you want those home games momentum going right because be win your region. If you can be so successful to win it, you get two guaranteed home games. If you keep on winning right in the playoffs. And then a third one from there is a coin toss. Obviously, from there, we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, we play well at home. We play well away, too. So, there's a slight advantage there, I think, going to play. But um, that was basically done by the region. So, the way it kind of fell, it fell, uh, how that kind of worked itself out. Um, but that's a tough schedule. You're looking about right there. I think we have three nationally ranked teams that were nationally ranked end of the year. And I think yeah. we have another two or three that were state ranked. So, out of ten games, you have six national <laughs> opponents all right so sly pick it back up we obviously i kind of got lost in translation there so after Gainesville, so you got alpharetta uh and then you got uh you'll go into the region portion of your schedule you got Gainesville, roswell and who else so we after alpharetta we have bt blessed trinity yep right then we start the region schedule right 
then we have Chattahoochee, then we have Seconder, right? We're a new region. Yep. Then, then we have Linear, very good ball club. Yep. Then Gainesville, at Gainesville, by the way, Ooh. at Gainesville. Yep, yep, there you go on that one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's going to be tough. Then we had Johns Creek at home and Roswell home to finish the schedule off. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's going to be a good one. But, you know, we were talking earlier, this is what you want. Yes, it's a tough schedule. Obviously, you want to take care of business in your region. But, and again, I think this happened to you guys last year. You know, I mean, look at the schedule you guys wound up playing. What? Right. Look at what you got, the caliber of opponent you got. You guys came up against in the playoffs. And, again, I touch on this in the story that's coming up and be a part of our newsletter you guys can read about. I mean, the Cockwoods of the world. At the time, they were undefeated, and they were considered by many to be not just one of the top teams in the state, but in the country slot. Right. Yeah, we played three top 20 teams in the country in the last three rounds. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. So cool. Wow. Cole and, and Walton. And that's why I think Luke Nickel and all our players and our coaches don't get enough credit because, man, that's hard. You play Colquitt at home, yes. you say, okay, maybe, yeah. maybe you can see. Then you got to play a loaded Grayson team at their place. And then you got to play a Walton team that Disney not lose to anybody in a state championship game. I mean, that's where I give our coaches and our kids credits and props, man, how well they played. I don't think they get enough for that reason. No. And that's going to help going into the season, guaranteed. Yeah, and uh, – yeah, go ahead. And we're blessed to have 90% of our team coming back. I, was, yeah, I, was, just about to, I was just about to add that. Again, guys, as we close out with Coach Sly, I want to encourage you guys to check out the story uh, that I wrote. And I start off by saying, you know, winning a state championship is hard, but winning it in Georgia's highest classification, which it was last year, is really hard, which you guys were able to do. So, guys, check out the story. I think you'll make you'll uh, find that it's a good read. Sly, thank you so much, my friend, for coming back on with us. I know you weren't able to make it on the last uh, couple of weeks. We, again, want to pass along our condolences for your loss in the family. We, we've we been thinking about you and wish the best for you and your family. But, uh, brother, thank you so much again for joining us. We always look forward uh, to you coming on with us. I'll give you the final word, man, before we head out. Anything you want to mention to our viewers before we let you go? No, man, thank you for having me. It's, this is a blast. I love, the, I love the dynamic here. I love the, I love the banter back and forth. I love the you know, interaction with the fans. And I'm going to say this. Moon Law was an amazing lady, huge football fan. Um, just, uh, you know, it was great to just be the end of her, her life with her and, and just help take care of herself. You know, Mom, she's looking down. We love you, and uh, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely, brother. Thank Same you, and back at you, man. Sly, we'll catch up with you next Monday. Yes, sir. And don't forget, Coach Sly, mention your podcast real quick. Behind the Bench podcast. It's a uh, new one's dropping here soon with Coach Reeves, actually, as my guest. Recap <laughs> the year. Didn't have to go too far for that one, did you? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And I got a couple of big ones coming up. We're looking to get a couple of Georgia Bulldogs on there and uh, a possible future Hall of Famer in the NFL. So we'll get some guests lined up. It'll be a lot of fun. Sounds great. That's Behind the Bench with Coach Sly. Again, we produced that. So it is uh, connected to here at uh, all of us here at ITG Next, but it's Coach Sly that definitely drives that ship. So be sure to catch it. Coach Sly, we'll catch you next Monday right here on Extra Point. Looking forward to it. You guys take care. Take care, brother. Yeah, have a good one. All right. I want to thank Coach Sly for coming on with us. I want to thank all you guys for checking out the show. Where'd the hour and a half go, guys? It flew by. It flew by. Just like that. All right.
for Mr. Producer, Jacoby Williams, for Flint Dykes, who I called Clint and Trent and <laughs> well, three or four different Gent <laughs> today. Flint Dykes for joining us. Guys, I'll let y'all take us out. Give us your final thoughts as we uh, leave out of here today. Uh, just glad to be here, Phil. Glad to talk football. Glad that we have this space that we can all talk football as men. Well said. Well, for me, this has been a great extra point. We talked about some good topics. I love seven on seven, and I love high school schedules. Let's get back to it. Absolutely. We will indeed get back to it on the show next Monday. But, guys, be sure to check out all of our social media platforms, uh, ITG Next Georgia, again, Twitter, um, what else Instagram, we got? Twitter, itgnext.georgia. Check out our YouTube page. Lee County workout video is out now. You do not want to miss that. Watch me get outlifted by high school kids. <laughs> Don't want to miss it. It's, it's awesome. A great addition to what we're doing. That and a lot more right here at ITG Next. So that keeps you satisfied in between shows. And until, and speaking of shows, until next Monday, you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next Monday right here on Extra Point at ITG Next. See ya. <laughs>